There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, season three, episode 46 of the Daily Intermission podcast. I'm Greg. I'm back in studio. I'm ready to rock and roll. What a week in sports. Things are building up. You know, this time of year is great. We've got March Madness just around the corner. We've got the Players' Championship. Obviously, the Masters is in uh, in clear sight. And, and just, uh, you know, baseball's around the corner. It's just, you know, NHL and NBA playoffs are ramping up. Uh, NFL free agency, the NFL draft. It's just, it's a, it's a content-packed time of the year. And, and I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, but before we get into the pregame show, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to mention, I've got to shout out that this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. And, uh, you know, our, our friends at Manscaped have a great line of products to help you with your personal grooming. But as you know, spring has sprung. And our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have the best tools for spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming just like the flowers. Look your best this spring and join over 8 million men who trust Manscaped worldwide. Use the code TDI for 20% for twenty off free shipping at manscaped.com. Well, I was on TV this week, and another split decision. Uh, if Cam Young... Um, if Cam Young ends up coming in the top 20, then it'll be a winning uh, day on the uh, on the betting show. But my gosh, the Winnipeg Jets. I'll get into it in, 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 quarter, uh, in quarter two. But in quarter one, we'll get into the basketball uh, the basketball world because we're going to bring in the NCAA with March Madness just around the corner. Uh, quarter two, we'll talk about the NHL. Quarter three, we've got some golf talking. Quarter four, some MLB. Uh, but I was on TV, and I'll get into those bets. But just an obnoxious showing by the Winnipeg Jets. They were all over the wild. Just absolutely obnoxious. Uh, but as I said, uh, I think it was my New Year's. It was maybe my first episode of the New Year. Uh, I had my buddy Mitch Racine on, and, and we were, you know, we we're chatting about sports. We we're talking about New Year's resolutions, and you know, I don't really, I don't really set resolutions. Um, there's things, there's new things that I might want to try, or something that I want to, uh, you know, might maybe clean up in my life. But um, I said I wanted to go to, you know, started to, you know, start boxing, and um, I've been kind of pushing it off. But there's a there's a boxing uh, class. Uh, that's held there's kind of like a MMA gym that's not far from where I live so I went to my first boxing class and loved it uh, you know it was, it was the first time in a long long time where I've where I've had that much sweat it was insane um, so I threw the mitts on I was sparring with a, like not sparring but I was you know I was dancing around with a guy and I mean I'm gonna be awful and it, it felt so good to do something that my brain was so twisted up with and it's been a long time since I've tried to learn something new um, in regard to athletics, um, you know, it's not like it's like going to the gym or running or, or you know, lacing up the skates or, um, you know, even throwing a football. It's like it, it, this is something brand new. I've never, ever done it. Um, you know, I've thrown punches, obviously, in different uh, different landscapes of my life, but I've never, you know, thrown on the gloves. So that's really exciting. You know, I hit it off with the uh, with the owner of the gym. He actually runs the Pro Fight League Atlantic. It's like an MMA league in Atlantic Canada, and uh, it's booming, I guess. And, and uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll be able to go watch some of that stuff because, I mean, as we know, the UFC is just... It's uh, it's gaining popularity worldwide. I'm certainly uh, falling in love with it, uh, you know, each fight card. But, yeah, the boxing class, we ended up 
it's like a so it's an hour class but we ended with so that you paired up in threes and there's probably like 10 heavy bags hanging from uh you know from the ceiling uh kind of on the perimeter of the gym and what we did was we, we there was a it was a 3 minute round so you'd be punching the bag doing different combinations just, it, it pretty much just as many punches as you could throw in a minute while somebody's doing push-ups for a minute while the other guy's doing air squats for a minute and then you switch non-stop for three minutes and then it's like a minute break and then again and then a minute break and then again and i'm telling you right now i was leaking and it was it was a really good workout so i'll be back i'll keep you i guess updated with my uh with my boxing um with my 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 boxing uh efforts but uh i hopefully one day you know, if I can continue to grow the daily intermission, continue to grow as a creator uh, online, I would love to get in the mix. I would love to call out some creators that I think that are just complete dust bags and and uh, look for them in the ring. So, so that's maybe prefacing. You know, maybe uh, I'd like to get into the uh, influencer boxing world. Not to say that I'm an influencer, but that maybe one day if I make it big enough in the sports world, that uh, I'll be able to call out somebody that's pissing me off. I've got a few names at the top of my list, uh, but I'll save those for later. But yeah, so started off. Enjoying the boxing, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to recommend it yet because I've only been a one. But you know, say three, four weeks down the road, if I'm enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I'll keep you guys updated. Not that you guys care, but I did want to, you know, let you guys know that I have followed through with some of my goals um, in the new year. Uh, but just continue on the pregame show of episode 46, season three. Uh, just some NFL news. A uh, weird one here with Joe Mixon. So apparently there were some kids playing darts or, you know, like ner- playing with Nerf guns outside of Joe Mixon's house. And there was gunfire. And one of the kids, I think, got shot and was was transferred to the hospital. And I'm not sure if Joe Mixon was the guy who shot the child, but I know that the police were at his house and there's some videos. I haven't read a lot into this. And I've got to get better at this, folks. Um, I'll get into it in the golf quarter, but I might have spread a little bit of misinformation yesterday online, and I do apologize for that. I never want to be uh, in the world of spreading misinformation. Uh, but Joe Mixon, there he's allegedly, or he's in the he, he's in the scene. He was at the scene of where a juvenile was shot. So that's the story we'll continue to follow. I'm not certain if it was Joe. I'm not accusing him of anything, but there's a lot of sources saying that Joe Mixon might have shot a child. Um, all right, but then there's been some quarterbacks uh, that uh, that have signed in the last few days. Obviously, we heard the news that Derek Carr, uh, four-year deal, $150 million with the New Orleans Saints. I, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, a few podcasts back, I guaranteed that uh, Derek Carr would go to the NFC South, and thankfully that uh, that hit. I mean, that's a quarterback needy division. Uh, but Derek Carr, yeah, he's going to, uh, to take over New Orleans. So you think he's definitely an upgrade from Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. He's just had some, he's just had some bad luck in in Las Vegas and in Oakland. I mean, they just have just had, never really gotten over the hump. And then they were a playoff team uh, two years ago. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what they do at quarterback there in Vegas. But yep, yeah, Derek Carr is going to uh, to uh, New Orleans on a four year deal worth one hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, Danny Dimes will be staying in the Big Apple. The New York Giants signed the quarterback to a four year one hundred and sixty million dollar deal. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really not I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. Um, I think a franchise tag might have been the route to go, but at the same time, like you know, you look around the league and and uh, there's only there's only a handful of real elite quarterbacks. You'd have to think six, seven in the league right now, and if not, there's a there's a there's a solid mid tier of guys, um, and I would place them in that second, third tier of quarterbacks. 
Um, it's just it's kind of the going rate. I mean, that's a that's a lot of money, but he uh, he got the bag and he threw 15 touchdowns last year. But we saw uh, during the uh, during late in the year, I think it was the postseason. Remember, he he went on. He almost looked like a, a dual threat. He ran for like uh, 70, 80 yards, I think. So uh, Danny Dimes staying in New York. I'm not sure how Giants fans are feeling about it. I, I'm not sold that it's a good contract, but like I said, it's like where where else are you going to go if you, if you move on from Daniel Jones uh, and Geno Smith? Finally, he's going to stay in Seattle at a three year, 105 million dollar deal I like that Gino obviously played really well last year he's been a long time backup for Seattle and, and obviously started his career off with the Jets um, and a lot of room and just kind of finally in the NFL sticking with the quarterbacks Aaron Jones or Aaron uh Rogers is out of his darkness retreat. So we all know that he took four days and went into a, a hut in, I don't know which country and, and uh, drank ayahuasca and just tripped balls and shit himself and then came out and he's ready to make a decision. But I guess uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers have given other teams permission to talk to Aaron Rodgers. So I think the Jets uh, organization flew management down to talk to Aaron Rodgers. And I think that would be enticing for Jets fans. Um, you know, even with that, uh, that that young receiver Garrett Wilson, and and uh, there's some there's some talent there, Brees Hall. There's some talent there in New York that uh, if you move on from the MILF hunter Zach Wilson, that uh, you know Aaron Rodgers might be able to make that team uh, you know much better right away. So uh, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, interesting character. Who was I listening to? About uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to continue on in the pregame show, just finally in the in the football world, because I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Derek Wolf. And I remember Derek Wolf. He was a monster D end uh, for the Denver Broncos for eight seasons. Um, obviously won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty uh, when Peyton was there on his in Peyton's last year. But this guy was a freak of nature. Um, and I don't was he talking about shrooms? Shoot, it may not have been him talking about shrooms, but he was. I say yes, it was. He wasn't. Uh, but he was talking about. Um, he wasn't talking about ayahuasca. He was. Is that anyway? He was talking about doing mushrooms and Adderall before games. And I guess like he just he felt like he was in slow motion. Like he. Anyway, just it's an incredible interview, but he was a guy, he kind of got into the news for shooting a, a mountain lion in Colorado, and he was like, the size, it was, he's 6'5", and this mountain lion was fucking gigantic. Uh, so you can go check out that interview. Uh, it's it, it's a really good one, and, and he was such a monster, and, and uh, you know, talking about doing mushrooms and talking about, uh, you know, genetics and, and, and genes being passed down. Uh, through DNA and him feeling like a Viking during football games. It's really interesting. So uh, go check that out uh, if you haven't listened to it. Um, Derek Wolf, DN, former DN um, with, uh, with the Denver Broncos. Interesting cat. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into quarter one, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a massive month of basketball. Clearly, uh, March Madness, uh, you know, garners the attention of all sports fans um, through uh, and just you know it's exciting. And I I'll be the first one to admit I'm not very good, I'm not very versed in the college sports world, uh, but uh, but I do what I can. And, and obviously, selection Sundays this Sunday, so they'll pick I think the 15 and 16 seeds, or the, at least the 16 seeds, or there's games uh, for those seeds. Um, but I think a safe parlay, and I'm not sure what this parlay will be, but I, I can't remember the last time a first and second seed was upset. Maybe it was last year, but that's something that I do not have a great memory with as well as March Madness because my bracket's always busted in the in the, uh, in the first week. But I think I'm going to parlay all the one and two seeds. I mean, I don't know if that's that's going to catch any interest. If it gives us plus odds, I think that would that would um, you know um, you know turn some heads. But maybe it doesn't. Who knows if, is that, if that's even worth it? But these are some projections uh, for the seedings uh, in the March Madness uh, moving forward. So we've got Kansas, Houston, Alabama, and UCLA. Those are the projected uh, one seeds. And some it's surprising Alabama. I don't think I've seen them in the tournament before. Or if I have, they certainly haven't been a like a one to four seed or. 
again, I'm talking out of my ass because I, this is where I wish I had someone that was educated about it because they could, I could just be spitting out complete nonsense right now. But I don't think Alabama has been a top seed uh, at least in the, like the last five years. Uh, could be wrong. Uh, but two seeds of the projected are going to be Purdue, Texas, Baylor, and Arizona. Three seeds, Marquette, Gonzaga, Kansas State, Xavier, and the four seeds being UConn, Tennessee, Indiana, and Virginia. Um, one team that's sticking out right away that I'm thinking is going to get upset, Virginia. They won it two years ago, right? Indiana, the Hoosiers. I got Caden Turner. He's a linebacker for the Indiana Hoosiers, so maybe we'll be riding Indiana. See, I don't really know which direction I'm going to go. I'm going to pick my bracket in a, in a very outrageous manner. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be unique in some sense. I don't think it's going to be coin flips, but something with a two outcome scenario and and we're going to roll the we're going to roll the dice and we're going to do something crazy to pick the bracket. I mean, will that you know, garner some attention? Will that, you know, will that uh, be captivating? Probably not, but I'm going to do it. Um I'll look at number one seed, obviously, Alabama. This is the team that is the spiciest meatball moving into the tournament because obviously we know that uh, one of their players will, will be, he's he's you know in custody custody right now for murdering or allegedly murdering a 23-year-old woman. Um, and then this rookie who's an absolute freak, Brandon Miller, um, is accused of driving this the gun to, uh, I forget his name, uh, but to the, the murderer. And, I mean, that's they're a number one seed. This Brandon Miller guy is a freak. He's like he's such a stud, and and I think he's a freshman. So I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, maybe we'll try to find someone uh, in the audience that's very versed in college basketball. We'll have them on to talk for a quarter about you know how we should be looking, or what we should be looking at here, and and uh, how we should be approaching these brackets. But I mean, the brackets are so tough. There's massive upsets year after year. But I think I'm gonna my, I'll start off my bracket by going all the ones and twos through. And then it's like throw a blindfold on for the rest of the bracket. Have, have just pick maybe one of the one seeds. I'll have Alabama getting upset. I don't like the vibes going on in Alabama right now. So I'm, I'll be, I'll be having them get upset. Maybe in the elite eight, um, but that's going to be fun. So uh, we'll, uh, I'll continue to monitor that. Obviously Sunday we'll have, um, we'll have some more news about, we'll have a concrete bracket. We'll be able to go over it for, uh, for Tuesday's episode next week. Um, but let's move into the NBA because that's something that we're a little bit more versed in, a little bit more comfortable uh, getting through. Yes, we are recording. Uh, thank God. Um, but the LA Clippers, um, Steve Ballmer, obviously the billionaire owner of the LA Clippers. Um, he bought the team uh, and, and they're going to build a new stadium. They've been sharing the crypto.com stadium or the Staples Center with the Lakers for a long time, or f I think for the entirety of their of their uh, of their lifespan. And and uh, it's it's typically been you know it's known as the Lakers building. So Steve Ballmer, they're going to break ground on a new stadium. It'll be ready for not next season, but the year after. And and there's some funny sound bits. I mean, the entire uh, Clippers team was in like. Uh, hard hats and steel toe boots, which was just a complete milk. Um, and they were in a front row listening to Balmer talk. And they're going to have a ton of toilets. He was going on about toilets, having like 200 toilets. So they're, you know, they get people into their seats faster. Anyway, we'll see what type of uh, innovation that goes into this stadium. I'm always in intrigued by these new stadiums that go up um, and uh, the amount of money that are poured into them. But yeah, the, the Lakers, that's exciting for uh, for Clippers fans. I apologize that uh, they're going to get a new stadium in Los Angeles. And, and uh, it sounds like gr uh, grounds above to break uh, or did break uh, Kevin Durant 
was gearing up for uh, I think his third game or fourth game as a uh, Phoenix Sun, and and uh, he slipped in warm up. I mean, Kevin, it's not talked about enough. Kevin Durant's leg, you can flush his teeth with Kevin Durant's legs. They are so skinny, man. Anyway, he slips. He kind of hurts his ankle uh, before playing OKC. Uh, misses the game. I'm not sure. This is going to be something uh, to 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 look into or to keep monitoring because um, you know this is the guy that's just coming off injury, and I mean the, the Suns gave up a ton for this guy. They need this guy healthy, especially down the stretch uh, where they're jockeying for position in the Western Conference. So, um, so Kevin Durant missed the game. Uh, I'm sure all of you saw the highlight. It was kind of just a harmless layup where. He just looked like he, he bambied on the floor and did like a wet spot under the basket and, and ended up missing the game. Um, so we'll see what happens with Kevin Durant. Hopefully the, the Phoenix Suns can get him back quickly. Uh, so we'll, we're going to dive into the John Morant stuff. So obviously we talked about it last episode, how he's been playing with guns. And I think the uh, NBA was investigating to see if he brought a gun on the team playing, which I don't really know how you would investigate because if you didn't have video footage of it, it would be you know his her, his word versus anybody else who wanted to sewer John Morant, which I don't think is in the best interest of the organization. Uh, what is in the best interest of the organization is this guy gets some help because whatever's going on in John Morant's world is just, it's, it's not good. Uh, so, um, obviously we know he went on live from a club in Denver and, uh, had a gun in his, in his Instagram live and, and, uh, he's been away from the team. Uh, I'm not sure what type of help you would seek out. Would it be a counselor or, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you would just sit down with, uh, you know, maybe some family and, and some of the team management and just say, John, what the fuck are you thinking, man? Like you are an NBA superstar. You don't need to be playing with guns or having guns at all, you know, on you at all times. And, um, it sounds like, um, Steven Adams held a players only meeting in Memphis. Um, and he sat down and, and he said, listen, boys, you know, we're going to take this a little bit more seriously. And it's a shame that in a professional sports setting that you have to have a veteran like Steven Adams sit you down and say, we've got to take this a little bit more seriously. Like, obviously we know they're human beings. They like to, I guess they, you know, you pick and choose your battles in professional sports when you're going to go out and enjoy drinks and, and, uh, you know, have a little fun. Um, but it sounds like Memphis is having a lot of fun, and it sounds like when they go on the road, it's Greenlight City, uh, which I respect. Uh, but I mean, it's uh, it's definitely not uh, good for uh, for uh, you know, it's definitely you know not in your benchest, ben, best interest for uh, for success uh, long term. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to monitor this John Moran situation. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut this guy down, um, you know, for you know a few weeks just to kind of make sure that uh, you know cut off any ties or to kind of really um, you know investigate what. Uh, what his close circles looking like and you know why he feels like he needs to be floating around with a firearm but nevertheless uh we'll continue on in the firearm topic uh six-time nba all-star sean camp was arrested uh i wasn't really familiar with sean camp as we know my nba knowledge doesn't go back further than like a decade uh but he was a uh, six-time all-star long time seattle supersonic uh but he was arrested in a drive-by shooting so i mean obviously uh that's not good news uh for sean camp and and uh, he'll certainly be going to uh to jail uh for a drive-by shooting uh in washington so sean camp you got a smart up there and i'm sure you'll uh, you'll have a few years behind bars to think about with that but uh just some more positive news the, the los angeles lakers uh they retired paul gasol's jersey obviously won back-to-back championships with the lakers in 2009-2010 paul gasol mark gasol a couple just gigantic brothers uh fun guys to watch he seems like just an all-class guy um you know absolute smoke wagon of a wife and just nice nice looking kids just looks like a great family man so congrats to paul gasol uh for uh for his jersey retirement uh in in los angeles and, and that's a special moment uh, obviously the lakers probably the most famous 
famous basketball franchise, them and the Celtics, uh, to have your jersey retired. You know, obviously an incredible honor. So congrats to Paul. Paul. Gasau. All right, folks, let's move into the NHL. And uh, I did want to talk about this because I was extremely upset about it. So yesterday on Live on the Line, I started things off. There was a three-game slate. So it's like, you know, like when I get the call from the producer, it's like, Greg, you good to go. And I'm, I, I, I'm a yes man, clearly, when it comes to TV because I, I think those reps are invaluable and I really like doing it. Um, it's just, a, it's a quick six, five, six, five to seven minute hit. I mean, you give five bets, four or five bets and, and you're off the air and, and uh, you make the most of it. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, I, I, I'm looking at a three game NHL slate. I'm like, okay, well, listen, we had Minnesota play last night, the Winnipeg Jets, they're playing at home. They're they're They've just been plummeting as of late. They've got a good team. I like the Winnipeg Jets. And I, I obviously I think that, uh, you know, you know, Niederreiter used to be a former Minnesota wild, that top line would be buzzing. I was all over the Minnesota. I was all over the Winnipeg Jets. And whenever I'm going to pick an NHL game, I always go puck line because I'm an idiot and I like to, and I'm just I'm I'm fantasy I'm, I'm I'm hypnotized by the juice. So anyway, I take the the Winnipeg Jets to beat the Minnesota Wild. They dominate. I'm watching this game and they are all over the Minnesota Wilds. And I'm not just talking for a period. I'm talking about all three periods the Jets were the better team. And they just get stone cold stone cold Austin by uh by um, Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury has 46 saves in the game, and Connor Hellbuck was letting in a few muffins. Like, fuck, man. Former Vesta Trophy winner. Like, I know he's a fantastic goalie, but he just didn't have it for me that night, and I was disappointed, man. I was really disappointed, but, uh, you know, I had the Celtics, which who won. I had um, Pat Beverly over... 12 and a half points assist rebounds that hit. I had uh, the Dallas Mavericks covering over the Pelicans, which didn't happen. And then I've got uh, uh, obviously um, um, Cameron Young uh, at the players. But listen, I was so fucking rattled. Like the the the, the Winnipeg Jets, you got to be better. And this is a team they they, they need a, a wake up call here. Like they are free falling. They are the they're in the last position right now. They're in the final wild card spot in the West. And if Calgary starts to heat up, which they had a maybe a TSN turning point in, the, in their season with uh, Markstrom having forty saves and a one nothing shootout win the prior night versus Minnesota. So uh, we'll see what happens here with the Winnipeg Jets. They got to figure it out. And and a guy too, uh, just quickly on the on the Winnipeg Jets that'll be worth wondering is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I think he's a free agent come uh, this offseason, and he's been vocal about how he wants to go to Montreal, and there's kind of a mutual uh, want there. So I wonder what Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to do in the offseason. But nevertheless, we'll move into the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll stay in Canada. Um, I just don't really know what to say. It's it's uh, just the worst luck. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs newly acquired Toronto Maple Leaf. Ryan O'Reilly uh, broke his finger. He'll be out at least three weeks. So hopefully they can get that guy healthy because, I mean, that... That's just not fair. If uh, you acquire, obviously, their biggest acquisition at the deadline, a huge leader, a consummate trophy from, from 2019 when they beat the Bruins, Ryan O'Reilly's a stud. Like, and he he's going to bring some serious depth to that lineup. If he's not playing center on the second line, he's going to play on the third line. And it's, he's just a good player, and he's just a guy that goes to war. And obviously, just a extreme veteran i respect the shit out of him wearing no visor uh one of the players one of the one of the few players that's uh that's grandfathered in just at the top of my head who 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 in the league still uh still rocks the no visor look well you think lucic revo ryan o'reilly who else i'm trying to think from around the league does jamie ben i don't think jamie ben does maybe he does now i don't know there's still a few guys in the league, which is awesome. Um, I think it's just such a gritty look. It's such a great look. Um, the fact that they used to wear no buckets is just so insane. But yeah, Ryan O'Reilly, 
no visor. Out three weeks. Uh, it sucks for Toronto, but they they continue to win. I think Austin Matthews is going to continue. To, he's going to start to heat up. Um, he uh, he had a nice game the other night. Mitch Marner continues to be such a stud. Um, they'll be okay uh, without Ryan O'Reilly, but they definitely want to get him healthy for uh, for the playoff series against Tampa Bay. Um, the Ottawa Senators. I talked about it last episode how these guys were on such a heater. It sucks, man. The Ottawa Senators get absolutely pumped by the Chicago Blackhawks. And this this is it Anthony Stolarz or something Stolarz. He had a, like a 35-save shutout, and, and uh, Matthew Kachuk is getting in his face. And it's just that's just the type of loss that you just can't have for a team that's really, you know, needing to, you know, really, like, they have to, what do they got, 20 games left? They're probably going to have to go, like, 13-7, and 14-6, and 15-5, and five, something in that realm uh, to make the playoffs. And you can't be losing to a team that's tanking for Bedard. Um, but... Uh, they also got some terrible news as well that uh, Cam Talbot, uh, their starting goaltender, the goaltender they acquired from Minnesota in the offseason, uh, he'll be missing three weeks. So that's uh, that's tough. That is very tough for uh, <clears throat> for the Ottawa Senators. And I mean, I, I just don't know if this is their year. They're going to be playing some meaningful games. That's a win, I think, for the Ottawa Senators. But their bottom six disappointments, disappoints me and... Um, they, they just need they just need some help around the edges there in, in Ottawa and, and losing your starting goaltender and now uh, obviously Anton Forsberger their backup goaltender is out for the year so you know they're dealing with two young goaltenders from the AHL um, and Kevin Mandelis and and, uh, and and Mad Sogard so I don't know what's uh, what the future holds for the Ottawa Senators I'll be hoping for them down the stretch obviously close friend of the show Drake Batherson it'd be nice to see him in the playoffs but um, it, I don't know if this is going to be the year. Greasy, greasy play. I was thinking, uh, you know, as I was writing this down in the outline, like I don't think there has been too, too many greasy plays this year in the NHL, less than years past. Um, maybe it's just kind of exiting the game because of, of of the direction the NHL is going in with the, you know, more speed, more skill, uh, less gritty, less fights. But uh, but Jay, or uh, Tony D'Angelo suspended two games. He speared Corey Perry in the nuts in a confrontation, kind of a gathering out front of the net in the uh, Tampa Bay Philadelphia um, Flyers game. He's a flyer, right? I think so. Um, I don't know why I'm... He used to be a ranger. Now he's a flyer, yeah. Um, but he... Uh, the flyers were playing against uh, Tampa Bay, and he speared Corey Perry in the nuts. And I know Corey Perry can be a pest, and he, you know he doesn't have the cleanest of, of resumes as well, but that's just a greasy play. That's that's a gutless play. And, and, and a guy like D'Angelo, I mean, that guy's a tiny guy. He would get his shit pumped by a lot of guys in the league. So he'll be serving two games. He'll have a few games to think about what he did against Corey Perry. Uh, he had an in-person hearing for that as well, so I'm sure he got a slap on the wrist from um, from the league. Uh, JT Miller played his 700th game for the Vancouver Canucks. They've won three straight. What the fuck's going on with Vancouver? Why are you winning games? You clearly want to be in the mix for Connor Bedard, a Vancouver native. It just kind of goes back to the to the you know to the fact when they went for with the overhaul of their coaching staff. You know when they fired Bruce Boudreau and they brought in Rick Tockett and they brought in Adam Foote and they brought in Sergey Gonchar. It's like you know it's a great move. Those guys are obviously great hockey minds and they deserve to be coaching in the NHL. And it was just a matter of time. But like, was that timing right for the Vancouver Canucks when you want to lose games? So like, why wouldn't you? Anyway, it was really awkward with Bruce Bruce. Bruce Boudreaux's exit, but uh, yeah, if you're the Vancouver Canucks, you gotta you gotta figure that out. You gotta start losing some games. Um, and it did sound like JT Miller was it was close. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins were calling on him and, and trying to make a move for him. They just couldn't get it done uh, with cap space. And um, it sounded like too in the NHL, listening to Elliot Freeman and, and and Jeff Merrick on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, and just even on Hockey Net in Canada, it sounds like. 
Uh, it, this might be a topic of discussion at the GM meetings and just, you know, from the league offices as well is, is uh, these three-way trades, you know, when teams have to come in and take on cap uh, from players that are getting dealt, it's really difficult because there's got to be just multiple calls made and just the process is flawed or the process might be, the process might be a little outdated, uh, a little archaic. So uh, it sounds like that might be a topic of discussion moving forward. But yeah, the Vancouver Canucks, they've got to figure it out and start losing some games because that would be fun to see Connor Medard stay in Canada and go to his hometown Canucks. So we got about 15, 20 games left in the NHL. Obviously, the jockeying for positions stays uh, stays alive and well front and center in the NHL, and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue to monitor the news. All right, folks, quarter three. We're going to move into the golf world and uh, starting things off with Tiger Woods. And, and uh, I do want to apologize for the misinformation I gave out um, online. Um, I was kind of reading into the, the Tiger Woods situation, and, and I misread uh, the Tiger Woods uh, saga going on. So obviously he had this... Uh, Erica as his girlfriend for the last six years and um, for the longest time I'm going to be completely honest and please don't clip this sound piece and put it out there but I just thought you know she was kind of like a a nanny a nanny that you know he would bring to public events and he was doing his thing on the side and that might be a, a completely offside to say but that's truly what I thought was that she was just kind of like a you know helped with the kids helped with the home you know, was just there and Tiger kind of continued to do his thing because I think, you know, once you're a hound in, 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 in that realm of, of life, uh, you, know, you know, just with multiple partners, I'm sure that he still, you know, likes to, to, to poke around and take a peek and, and to have a little fun. It's Tiger Woods. So I'm not, I can't confirm or confirm or deny that's what he does, but that, that's just always what I imagine anyway. They broke up, I guess, in the fall, and she signed an NDA at the beginning of their relationship. Um, and it sounds like she wants that nullified. And so I guess a way an end, a relationship NDA can be nullified is through sexual assault or harassment. Um, and I read that as she's accusing Tiger of sexual assault and harassment, and that's how she's going to get this NDA nullified. Apparently, that's one of the routes that you can go to get this NDA nullified. But... I'm sure that she signed a prenup. She signed an NDA. Like, I'm sure the Tiger's not. He's sick and tired of paying, you know, his hard-earned money to uh, women. I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, he learned uh, the hard way by paying millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to Elon um, in a nine-iron through an Escalade. But um, I do uh, I do apologize to everybody uh, for that video uh, because I know that uh, misinformation is just too frequent uh, in the, today's day and age. And, uh, I was getting ripped apart quite a bit, so I took that uh, that that uh, that video down on TikTok and, and Instagram. Um, but nevertheless, that'll be interested to see if she gets that uh, NDA nullified. I'll be interested to hear about what she has to say about that anaconda that Tiger Woods is equipped with. But uh, just moving uh, into the Players Championship, it's a massive week on the PGA Tour, as we talked about. Maybe the biggest tournament outside of the four majors on the PGA Tour. Um, and uh, wow. Chad Ramey, minus eight right now. So there's some low scores right now, but it's at TPC Sawgrass in Florida. Really exciting course. Obviously, the 17th hole, very famous. Island Green Par 3, a ton of water balls. I was, I was reading there were 68 water balls last year at this at this golf course. So it's a really fun one. It's a massive tournament. It's going to be the highest, uh, highest, or it's the biggest purse in the history of the PGA Tour. $25 million will go to the players that make the cut. $4.5 million to the winner. Um, and we got Chad Ramey uh, off to a hot start. He's minus eight. Colin Morikawa, minus seven. Um, just some other names. Canadian Taylor Pendrith had a good day, minus five. Minwoo Lee, he was nursing a bit of a calf injury. He got it to minus six at one point, but he's minus four on the day. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm and Rory McIlroy playing together. John Rahm minus one. Scotty Scheffler minus three. Rory wasn't having the greatest of days 
Uh, we'll see where Rory ended up. He finished plus three, so not a great day from Rory McIlroy. Um, but uh, it's going to be a really fun uh, tournament to follow for sure. Uh, I took uh, Cameron Young on the uh, in the one and done. He doesn't tee off for a little bit. Um, but I mean, you, this, these, this is, I consider this a major, uh, in regard to the one and done, like you, you pick a one, you pick a big gun, you pick a guy that you think can win. Um, but, uh, I, I guess that being said, I mean, Cameron Young's not the biggest of guns, but, uh, no, I, I really like my pick. I, I think Cameron Young and I gave out the, if you guys want to hop on this bet right now too, uh, I like a, a top 20, I guess you can't, it's not going to be, it's not, well, his, he'll be concluded his first round by the time you're listening to this, but I got uh, plus 200 on him to uh, come in the top 20, which I really like. Um, so that's going to be fun. I mean, the, the players championship is, it, it's, it's an exciting tournament. So if you get a chance uh, this weekend to throw on some golf, do it. It's uh, it's an exciting one to watch, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be um, you know truly exciting. I should I should mention too. Hayden Buckley had a hole in one earlier today on the 17th hole, so that's absolutely electric. Uh, to not only hit the green, I think is is satisfying for these guys on the 17th hole, but to have a hole in one, that's amazing. I don't know why every time I look at Hayden Buckley, I want to say Hayden Buckley. Uh, but it's Hayden Buckley. Uh, he has a hole in the one. And just uh, just kind of continuing on in the golf world as well. Uh, it's a popular question right now um, with the golfers is, is um, you know, what if a live player wanted back on the PGA Tour? Uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick, I don't know if you guys uh, know Daniel Rappaport, but he's a, he used to be a Golf Child Digest uh, reporter. I guess is, he's now with Foreplay, which is a huge addition for Foreplay because he's clearly the most educated. He's clearly the biggest um, kind of media member now on the Foreplay kind of podcast golf scene. Uh, it's a nice addition for those clowns. Um, but, uh, but Daniel Rappaport... He uh, he's very close with Matt Fitzpatrick. They went to the same school, college. I forget which college they went to, uh, but they're close. They were close buddies at college, and and uh, he had an interview with uh, with Fitzy. They were talking about you know what would Fitzy want or what would Fitzy say to any live tour players that uh, wanted back on the PGA tour. He said absolutely not. Uh, no chance. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, you know, you made your decision and, and, um, you know, you thought, uh, that that was the new way and that was, you know, the, the money over there was going to be, um, you know, satisfactory for, for your playing career. And, and so, uh, Fitzy said no. And Homer's, you know, Homer was a little bit uh, more, he was a little, he, he just said that, uh, you know, he would be, he, he, his petty side would say, you know, no, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, a lot of those guys are great for the game of golf and they want to have the best product in the PGA tour, but he'd be Interesting. I think that uh, you know, if the Live Tour continues on its trajectory, it continues to not really garner any, you know, any new audience, or you know, people continue to not really care about it. Um, I could see them, you know, folding. Um, really, I mean, I, I've been vocal about that. I mean, I just don't know if people are really interested in it. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, these guys. I think I, I. You know what I think? I think that these guys would have to fucking say, "Okay, you've got zero status anywhere. So go grind back to the PJ Tour." Like that'd be fun for the Corn Ferry Tour, having or like just like in like mini tour events and like Q schools having like DJ and Cam Smith and Bryce and like I think that would be kind of cool uh, if the Live Tour ever did decide to fold or if they, you know, were, if it wasn't sustainable for the Saudis uh, to keep pouring blood money into, um, would. Uh, would uh, would the live tour have to uh, go back and earn it in the dirt? I think that would be uh, that would be fun to uh, to follow. But uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor that situation. I mean, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be a conversation. I, obviously, I'm not going to cover their tour and cover like what goes on at their tournaments. Uh, but uh, but it's going to be a frequent topic of conversation, especially leading up to the Masters, where at that Champions Dinner, when you got Bubba, Louis, not Louis, if you got Bubba and Sergio and Phil, and then you got Tiger and Scotty and Spieth, and you know you've just Oh gosh, Jack! Oh, it's gonna be, 
it's going to be a spicy, spicy meatball there um, in uh, in the Champions Center there at Augusta National. No, but we'll follow the uh, the PGA Tour and and uh, looks like Colin Morikawa off to a great start uh, at the, at the Players Championship. But we still have a full second wave to uh, to come out and play. All right, folks. Quarter four, and we're gonna a little baseball to talk about. The World Baseball Classic is back for the first time since 2017. So I'm not too familiar with the World Baseball Classic. I know it's it hasn't been it doesn't have a ton of history. I think the first was held in, in 2006. Uh, but one thing I was intrigued by that it's being held in three different countries: Japan, Taiwan, and the United States. So uh, can somebody explain that to me? I uh, don't really know, you know, why or you know what uh, why they're playing in three different countries, but. Let's just go over some of these pools. I mean, there are some countries in this that I just did not think that uh, you know could could uh, put together a uh, a competitive uh, baseball team. And so we look at Pool A in the World Baseball Classic. We've got the Netherlands, uh, who are two and zero. Surprisingly, uh, Italy, Panama, Chinese Taipei, and Cuba. Cuba zero and two. Wow. I mean, who would have thought there? I mean, you probably could have made some money on that. I mean, in Pool A, I would have thought Cuba would be, um, you know, the powerhouse in that uh, pool. But uh, but Netherlands, Italy, Panama, Chinese, Taipei, and uh, Cuba. Pool B, we've got Australia, Japan, Czech Republic, China, and Korea. Czech Republic. Czech Republic has a team. Holy shit. Pool C, we've got Canada, my favorite to win. Colombia, Great Britain, Mexico, and United States. Great Britain, they're gonna get their shit kicked. Uh, and then in Pool D, we've got Dominican Republic, Israel, Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela. Israel. I mean, I wonder if Johnny Vegas is gonna play for Venezuela. I could, I could see Johnny Vegas, uh, obviously long bomber on the PGA Tour. He could be a nice DH for Venezuela. Uh, but th- there's a lot of countries. Obviously, I just named off 20 countries uh, going out in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, uh, some some ones that st- stand out. I mean, the Netherlands and and uh, Israel and Great Britain and Czech Republic. Who knew they had baseball teams? But I'm not sure if anybody's captivated by this. I mean, I, if there's some big headlines, I'll probably watch the final. Um, I don't think I'll be kind of following along too closely um, with, um, with the, uh, where did I, where did Ricky Fowler go? Oh, Ricky finished even. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, sorry. I was just checking the leaderboard again. I don't think I'll be following along with the world baseball classic too much, but, uh, but it's on and that's being held in Japan, Taiwan, and the United States. So, uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out. Uh, spring training continues on obviously, uh, down in Florida and, and Arizona and all the Southern States. Uh, I think it's a huge milk, but we, we're we're getting there. It's three weeks away from opening day. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Justin or uh, yeah Justin Turner on the Red Sox. He took a pitch to the face, sixteen stitches. That photo will be circulating soon once people get a glimpse of what that uh, aftermath looks like. So hopefully Justin Turner's feeling okay after the taking that pitch to the face. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll continue to have uh, some MLB news as we get closer to uh, to opening day. And uh, listen, folks. It's been my pleasure. Hopefully, you guys are following along on the socials. Hopefully, you're liking the episode, sharing the episode. Um, listen, guys, I really do appreciate you guys uh, listening and, and tuning in. And, uh, you know, have a great weekend. And we'll keep on keeping on. 